But what really happens when you can like build these relationships with the brands is you continuously get deals with them. So it's like, you don't have to go searching for a brand new like company every single month. You can go back and pitch the brand again. And that's a win for the brand because they know that you're going to perform. They know that you're going to give them quality content. And then it's also a win for your audience if it's something that you're going to post because they build trust. You're not just like talking about Furminator once and then you never talk about them again. Like I think I've worked with them three or four times now. And every time it's like, hey, I've talked about this before. Like I talk about this frequently. So it's not like a surprise when you see Furminator pop up on my page. Welcome to the Wear Wag Repeat Podcast. I'm Tori Mystic. As a dog mom lifestyle expert, blogger, and business owner, I love talking to other women in the pet industry and sharing their advice with you every week. Sit, stay, and listen to the latest episode. In this episode, I am talking to Brittany Brown, also known as Rosie the Cream and Working Dog Mama. Brittany has been running her dog Rosie's Instagram account since before her puppy was even born in early 2020. She quickly got into sponsored posts and since then has become a go-to resource for people just getting started in the pet influencer world. We talked about how to land paid brand sponsorship deals, what brands are looking for, and how to define your goals. Part of our conversation that got me excited was defining transactional brand deals versus long-term relationship deals. There's a big difference in how they work and also how they make you feel as a content creator. Plus, Brittany shares a hashtag tip that I have never even thought of before, so definitely listen in for that. Now, speaking of setting goals and making money pursuing your dog dream, membership in Wear Wag Repeat Society will be opening up again in January. I'm making lots of updates and refining the perks and programs to help you grow your pet business online. Get on the waitlist now at wherewagrepeat.com slash society. Brittany Brown's business is Working a Dog Mama, where she helps busy dog mom content creators make consistent monthly income through defining their brand, implementing simple strategies, and diversifying their revenue streams. Oh, I like the sound of that. On her TikTok and Instagram, she shares tips on working with brands, building dog mom's confidence to negotiate, and relatable dog mom content creator reels. Her business started from her own dog mom content creator account, Rosie the Cream, where she quickly grew her brand and started landing paid deals. Hey, Brittany. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Me too. So tell us a little bit about um, your account. I feel like anytime I have like an influencer on here, I'm like, how did you get started on Instagram? Um, so tell us, tell us your Instagram origin story. Yes. So for Rosie the Cream, I'll just kind of start at the very beginning. Um, I 
saw so many dog accounts, like when I was getting ready to put my deposit down and like researching breeders and everything. And I didn't actually realize how many dog accounts I followed until like going back to my personal page recently. I'm like, oh, I follow that dog on like Rosie's account. And I follow that dog on Rosie's account. But I actually started her account as soon as she was born. So like my breeder was amazing with like uploading pictures and content. And I kind of wanted to just start sharing her story. So I have like her, I think I posted it. She was born on March 10th, but my first post was like on in April of 2020. And I just started like sharing kind of more about her and learning about this like whole world. And I had a lot of fun just like taking pictures of her and coming up with captions and kind of diving into the strategy behind Instagram. Um, And a lot of it was like, you know, obviously done through COVID. So I had a lot of extra time to spend on it. And I had no idea how much I like loved marketing and Instagram um, and this whole other creative side of me that I had never explored before. So it kind of became like addictive to just kind of keep doing it more and more. And I started landing paid deals. um, And I loved the like content creation process. So like, you know, you get a, you'd find a brand that you wanted to work with or a brand would reach out and then it was always so fun to like figure out how I was going to like bring the product to life. I have like some very embarrassing, like, you know, original ones where you're like Rosie just sitting next to a product. I'm like, Oh God. But, um, I feel like we all start somewhere with it and I've gotten a lot better, especially through reels and experimenting like, okay, how can I like tell the story that I want, um, in a way that's going to either, you know, bring more brand awareness or just like get people excited. And so kind of through that, I started to realize a lot of people didn't know like this whole like paid partnership world existed and, you know, just kind of having more and more conversations. And I felt like a lot of people were being taken advantage of. I don't know if like you've kind of seen that on your side as well. For sure. Um, But I think, you know, some of these people have just like real, they also, you know, newly into photography, but they excelled so much into it. And they, you know, you'd see them spending hours, like taking pictures and then hours editing and then engaging and like getting nothing for it. And then brands starting to running ads with their content and everything. So I think a lot of that came down to like, okay, I want to advocate for these people and empower people so that they feel confident enough to like when a brand reaches out to them or they want to work with a brand they know what to say and they know like the steps to take in order to get paid for like all the time and effort they put into this. Yeah. I can't actually, I didn't realize that Rosie was so young, like a year and a half ish. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know why I didn't realize that you had just started your account and, and like gotten her and everything. So recently did you, how did you how did you figure out the whole paid side of things like for yourself to be able to share it with people? Did you have any experience in marketing before? No. So I think what it comes down to, because I really reflected a lot on this. Um, I'm in medical device sales. So I'm in the business of like selling myself and selling products. And so I think the part that came naturally to me was like, just pitching myself and like not, you know, I, I'm a salesperson. So I am very comfortable and familiar with a rejection and not that it gets any easier. Anytime I'm rejected, like a doctor saying no to my face, I'm just like, okay, fine. That's fine. Whatever. <laughs> um, and you know, I can kind of like shake it off. It, it is a little bit more personal. I think when it comes to like Rosie's page, cause it's very like 
it's me creating content and I'm like really selling my brand and our brand that we created. But I think that process of just like putting myself out there was probably what was so natural to me. And then obviously in sales, like I'm so used to creating different angles for things and like, how am I going to provide the most value to the brand or like, how am I going to provide like something that they can't resist? So I think that's where, you know, I kind of had more of a natural inkling for it. Yeah, no, that's so interesting. Cause I, um, it kind of reminds me of um, this concept of like your ideal customer avatar, um, of like thinking who your ideal customer is. And as an influencer, a lot of times we think that it is other pet parents out there who follow us for our advice and recommendations and to see our life and whatever. But like another kind of aspect of that is the brands who like you're, you're selling your services to them. Um, and that's kind of what you're talking about is like, selling yourself and figuring out like what that package is that's going to appeal to them. And that's really interesting. Yeah. And I think like it really changed, like as I got more and more into it in terms of there are a lot of brands that are transactional, meaning like, you know, they just want X for this amount of dollars. They don't want like anything more. They don't want to talk to you more. They don't want to dive into their goals, but I really gravitated towards and tried to like position myself as a consultant when it comes to doing paid deals where I'm like, tell me about your goals. Like, let's put together a package that's going to work for you and achieve your goals. So like, if they're more concerned about conversions where like people are actually buying what we're talking about, I'll throw in more stories because that's a very direct clickable link instead of, you know, maybe they ask me for two reels. I'm like, well, let's do a reel in like eight stories instead, because that's the repetition marketing rule of seven. Like people just need to see it more. And I think that really changes the game and allows you to like charge more and provide a lot more value to the brands. Yeah. I, I love it. You're speaking my language. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, one thing that you, that you mentioned that you have done to kind of grow your business pretty quickly because you, you know, only been doing this for a year and a half, which is amazing, um, is investing in mentors and masterminds and that kind of stuff. Can you talk about like what sort of value that brings to you? Yeah. So I have to like say this because I am a very independent person in terms of like trying to find things, my find answers myself. Like I want to Google and like go on Pinterest and really understand like how, how things work. So I spent a lot longer than I wish I had researching and trying to figure things out on my own. And it wasn't until I'm in a mastermind right now where it's a six month mastermind and we're kind of going through all the things. Um, but one of the exercises we did was, okay, talk about like your path from here until now. And reflecting back on it was like, oh my God, I spent so many months before I invested in anything just like circling and trying to figure things out. And what I think going into a mastermind or going into any sort of program or coaching does is it helps you like accelerate your growth and helps you get to your goals faster. One thing I think is really helpful is like defining what your goals are. So like, I want to make X amount of dollars in brand deals, or I want to make X amount of dollars in my coaching business. Then you can go and find a coach that's going to align with those different things so that you can get to that goal faster. Um, and then I think a lot of, you know, I really like the mastermind format because you're in a group with multiple people 
and you're hearing other people ask questions and give ideas or input on like how they've done something. And we're like in a Slack channel together. Um, so like, you know, if I ask a question, obviously the coaches in the group are going to answer, but then also other people can answer the question, um, and give their two cents. So I think it's really powerful to kind of get that accelerated growth or get to the accelerated like answer or achieve your goal faster. And then also just being able to like get other people's input ideas and different ways of thinking about things. Because again, like I'm, I'm very new at this, like, you know, a year and a half in, there's so much more that I don't know. Um, and so getting other people's, um, input is just super helpful. Yeah. But you're doing an amazing job. Like looking like you have a a very engaged Facebook group, you know, tons of people who follow you and look to you for advice. And the advice that you share is really good. Speaking from someone who's been doing this for like a long time, (laughs) your advice is really, really good. And, um, and always, spot on. So, um, I guess speaking of advice, um, for people who are, who are just kind of getting started, um, or have never even considered doing a paid brand deal, maybe they've done free stuff or whatever. What are some, some tips that you would recommend, um, for people who want to start landing paid deals? Yeah. So I think kind of, we talked about this briefly, like understanding who your ideal audience is and being able to like, relay that information to the brand, as well as like knowing who you are and like what your account stands for and what you're about. Because anytime you're going to like use a media kit or even in your initial pitch, you have to define that and saying, Hey, I have a dog that's a year old. That doesn't really tell me anything about like why I should work with you. So really having more like, Hey, I help new dog moms out. And we really talk about, you know, relatable dog mom content or products that have helped me or made my life easier. That's a very tangible topic that a brand can see and be like, oh, wow, that's awesome. We want to work with you. So I think, you know, there's so much more to that, but starting with those two things is really helpful. And then helping brands find you is really helpful as well, because there are so many Instagram accounts out there and you are just one in this sea of people. So You can do that through a variety of ways, whether it's like just introducing yourself via DM or email with like really no strings attached, just like, Hey, this is who I am. This is what I'm about. Um, if there's anything I can ever help you with, like, let me know sort of thing, or even just like interacting like via DM, like I've gotten a handful of deals, literally just replying to a story saying, Hey, this is really awesome. And then they're like, do you want to collaborate? And I'm like, was it really that easy? And it, but like, they would have never known who I was if I hadn't done that. And obviously like commenting or replying to their stories is another way to get noticed. Um, Another little tip too, is if you go to their hashtags that they follow, oftentimes they're like related to either like a season or a campaign or something that they're interested in. And if you start using those hashtags, you'll be able to pop up into their feed more because they're following them and they're looking for them and they're tracking them. So if you're like looking for, you know, maybe something about shedding, you could like you know, put the different shedding hashtags in there within the ones that they follow and you might pop up in their feed more. Um, That's a very sneaky little trick. So to do that, you would go to their account, click on who they're following and it would show you a list of the hashtags they follow. You could follow those hashtags and use them on your own posts. Yes. And then that way, like, you know, you're popping up in their feed and they're recognizing you and like, oh, I like your content, which- also kind of leads into 
figuring out what brands you want to work with. And you can kind of think about them in categories as well. So like, for example, um, I just did one with like Ferminator. I did a brand deal with them and it was about shedding. And so I kind of kept talking about shedding over and over again, which led me into my goal was to work with a vacuum company. And so I was able to link back to that post about shedding and say, Hey, like I just did, you know, this post about shedding. It got a really great response. This is how I would kind of like use, I would, you know, I, I always like to share an idea because it's way easier for them to be like, Oh yeah, I love your idea. Let's run with it. Then like, yeah, we want to work with you, but like, what are you going to bring to the table? Right. So I think that's one. And then another like tangible example is if I wanted to talk about travel or if I wanted to like pitch a travel brand or a hotel or something, but I've never talked about travel on my page, I could start posting about like stuff in my caption or, you know, maybe even like in a bed, you could be like, okay, where have you gone? Like, have you stayed in a hotel before? And you start talking about travel and you can link back to those posts in your pitches to be like, Hey, my audience is really interested in this, or we've talked about travel recently. Um, and this is what I would love to do with your brand. Yeah. I love that. Those are all such great ideas. And I like how you sort of, you know, got the deal with Furminator. And then you're like, my next step, I want to do a vacuum, you know, the next one, I don't know where you will, what the next stepping stone is from that, but you have like goals and like things that you're reaching for, which I think is really important. Yeah. I think that's something that like, when whether whatever like industry you're in, obviously in the sales, we talk a lot about goals and we measure a lot of our goals. So it's kind of a natural thing for me to look at. But I also find myself in this, you know, when I first started out resisting like setting goals because I was like, oh, what if I don't make them? Like what's going to happen? But when I've been like, okay, I want to make $3,000 a month or I want to make $2,000 a month, that really kicks you into gear. And you're like, okay, I need to land, you know, four brand deals in order to get that $3,000 or idea land, whatever amount of brand deals or like, it also helps with like making sure that you're like really knowing your worth and your value. Cause if you're like, I need to hit that $2,000 goal, you're not going to skimp like a hundred dollars off of one of your deals. Um, right. To get there. Well, so. And I think w- having those goals and then working backwards. So if you're like, I want to make $2,000 mm-hmm. this month off brand deals, then you can figure out what your rate is. Cause that's another huge question is people are like, how much do I charge? What are the rates? Yeah. Um, and you, you know, figure out your goal and then work backwards from there. That's such a good point. Cause I think figuring out your rates is such a individual thing, but if you, and even another thing too, say for instance, you don't necessarily, you're not really at the $2,000 a month goal, figuring out if you like want something. So I have a few clients that like want to buy a camera. Okay. Figure out what your camera is. Do you want to like buy, you know, like a package and a couple lenses? Okay. Is that like $3,000? Okay. How many brand deals do you need to get in order to get that 3000? And especially when you have like a bright, shiny object, like that camera, you're like, I want that so badly. Like, what do you have to do to get there? And you're not going to like, you know, go lower on your rates just so the brand can feel better. You want to, like, yeah. you know, you want to get that camera. So, well, cause don't forget these brands have like employees. They've got, they've got money. They they're paying for ads. They're doing stuff. Whereas we're usually just ourselves and our dog, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so they, they really, most of them can afford to pay something. Yeah, for sure. So what kind of negotiation tips can people try? Um, you know, what if someone gets a DM 
that says, Oh, do you want to collab? Um, like we'll send you this bag of treats that's valued at $12. Um, (laughs) could you create like seven pieces of content for us? (laughs) How would you negotiate with them? Yeah. So I think it goes back to being a consultant. So you want to like start by asking questions about that and understanding like, what are, you know, if you can try and get to their goals and understand like what they want to do with the, with the content, is it for them to post on their website? Is it for them to run ads with? How long do they want rights for? Ask a bunch of questions and like even the goals questions is really important because that's where you can really design a package that's really valuable to them. I also think like thinking about it as a win for both of you, like how is this going to like work out in both people's favor? Because you really want to partner with them. You don't want to be like you against the brand. It's you're working together towards a mutual goal to both have a win. Um, What they want to be a win might just cost a little bit more money depending on what they want. And once you get all of your questions answered, then you can come back to them with a comprehensive package addressing all of their needs. So they're like, okay, I want seven images. I want you to post one of these images. I want you to do stories. I want to run ads with two of them. I want usage rights for 12 months. That's all stuff that you start to calculate and put together packages. And I always recommend doing like getting creative if you can. So like, you know, adding in a couple more stories and then, you know, bumping up the price or, um, you know, adding in a long-term deal, like making it maybe a couple months instead of just one month, or um, even just like adding in two packages. So they say they want seven images. Well, can you offer another package that's 10 to 12 images? And then they can choose whatever one they want. And maybe they choose the one with 12 images because that's just like a little bit more money. Um, And then also just like, don't necessarily rush through the process. Like, I feel like a lot of people are like, oh yes, I want to collab like right away. And then they're like, wait, I have like all these questions or I didn't ask these questions. And then they have to like kind of backtrack. But if you were able to like kind of ask more questions to begin with, then it slows down the process a little. You really get all the like details that they want and being able to provide something that's valuable to them instead of just like a transactional relationship will automatically get you more money. Yeah. Well, and I think that if you start asking a lot of questions, one, they're going to know that you know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And two, like maybe they don't know what they're doing. And it's a good way to kind of like weed out the people who you're not going to want to partner with because it's just transactional. Like you said, like maybe that's, maybe that's fine. Maybe that's what some people want, but I think that most people like you want to have some kind of relationship, like you want to know, are they going to share your content? Like I've had collaborations where I hired a professional photographer, went on location, created content that I thought perfectly fit their aesthetic and, um, did, you know, I I followed the deliverables of what I was supposed to do, but then I was really disappointed because like they never used the images (laughs) anywhere. And I was like, why I could have just taken some pictures on my iPhone. And, you know, if you're not going to use them for anything, so it is important to ask a lot of questions, um, when it comes to compensation, but also just like not getting disappointed, you know, it kind of like hurt my feelings that they didn't share yeah. it anywhere. And it, and it made me feel like they didn't know what they were doing because <laughs> they yeah. should have used these. <laughs> right. Especially if you like hired a photographer. And that's, I think 
like you said before too, like it's okay that some relationships are transactional, but then it kind of in your mind, you're like, okay, I'm going to take this and, um, you know, I'm going to just take the $500 for this. I don't need to like upsell them. I'm just going to do the work, deliver it. And then we can kind of be done with it. And I think another thing too, that I, you know, when I was first starting out, I was like, I can't work with another brand, the same brand again, like too close. And I, I don't know why I thought about that, but what really happens when you can like build these relationships with the brands is you continuously get deals with them. So it's like, you don't have to go searching for a brand new like company every single month. You can go back and pitch the brand again. And that's a win for the brand because they know that you're going to perform. They know that you're going to give them quality content. And then it's also a win for your audience. If it's something that you're going to post because they build trust. You're not just like talking about Furminator once and then you never talk about them again. Like I think I've worked with them three or four times now. And every time it's like, Hey, I've talked about this before. Like I talk about this frequently. So it's not like a surprise when you see Furminator pop up on my page. Right. And it, it builds trust. Like each time that you go back, your audience is probably going to convert better or click on stuff more because they're comfortable in you talking about that brand. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Now one question that I love to ask everyone, you've kind of covered this a little bit, but um, I'm just going to ask it again, is what do you know now that you wish you knew when you were getting started? And I I think I have some ideas, but you go ahead and I want to hear your answer. <laughs> yeah. I think first we, we did talk about this. Setting goals is really important because, you know, it's fine to just figure things out and, you know, fail forward kind of thing. But having goals gives you a direction to work towards and helps you feel more accomplished and also like keeps you motivated in the long term. Like this is all like such a roller coaster. And like, if you're, you know, connected with any part of the community on Instagram, like everyone has those days where you're just like, Oh, why am I doing this? But when you have a goal to go back to it, like really motivates you and keeps you like going in that direction and keeps you like trying for it. Um, I think obviously investing is like, and if you think about like, if you're going to invest in the stock market, you don't invest a thousand dollars for it to like just poof and go out of nowhere. Like you're investing to gain something and like grow. So you don't just invest a thousand dollars to like not see it. You invest a thousand dollars to see like $5,000 or more. So I think that's a really like important thing for my mind to like be wrapped around to like, okay, I'm not just losing this money. I'm gaining so much more from it. Um, the slow and consistent piece of it, like you don't have to be like an overnight su- success. I think there's so many of that, so much of that right now where you go viral on TikTok, you go viral on Instagram and have like 17 million views and people keep chasing that. And they like, forget the like slow and steady, like is going to win the race just as much and building like consistent relationships and everything else. Just like it wins. Like you don't need to like have that overnight success and chasing it is honestly like really defeating. I think. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I agree. Well, and I think that people, myself included, spend a lot of time chasing like a number and that's just going to leave you disappointed. (laughs) Yeah. Um, it It really does. But like when I get the DMS that are literally like, Hey, I'm a first time dog mom or I'm a new dog mom. I am like, screaming because I'm like, this is, this is my person. Like 
we are connected. Like I know what I'm doing is working and it's right. And it's just like, that's, what's worth it to me. Not the like millions of views or whatever else. Yeah. Because like, there's lots of people who are very successful who have like 400 Instagram followers. Like your number of followers on Instagram doesn't necessarily relate to your success in other areas. And like, like, again, like talking about your goals. Um, and if like one of your goals is to like impact people or help people or help new dog moms with their first time dog or something like that, then you don't necessarily need to go viral, um, or even to get brand deals. Like you don't really need to go viral. No. And especially like if I, you know, if I did it better to begin with, with that first, you know, new dog mom type of thing, I would have probably even converted way higher too, like we get starting out because it would be all new dog moms that are like, what the heck do I buy? And anytime I like found a good product, it would be like they, you know, we would build trust and everything, but you know, and that's another thing too. It's okay to change. It's okay to yeah. experiment and change things up. I change my bio probably like once a month, like in different, like little tweaks to it, but it's fine to keep like changing things up and experimenting and you know, whether or not that experiment works or it fails, like you still learn something from it. So yeah, either way, it's a good success. Well, and like and then, changing, changing your bio is like one thing, but you can like, you can change your niche, you know, yeah. um, you can do whatever makes you happy or like whatever you feel like works better. Yeah. A hundred percent. And then just like finding your people like on the platform, like obviously the community aspect is really nice, but like if you find like a couple people, like a couple friends where you can like talk about like, Hey, like, how do you do this? Like, this really sucks. Like being able to kind of like be a sounding board for one another and supporting when, you know, you have a win or supporting when you have a fail, like it just makes the world of a difference. And I think that's like what everybody needs to find when you come onto Instagram or like enter social media world, whatever is like, find your community. Yeah. Well, speaking of communities, tell us a little bit about your Facebook community, because I just think it's such a great resource for people who, who are just starting out because a lot of the, it seems to me from being a lurker that a lot (laughs) of the people in your group, um, they're brand new to this. Like they're sharing screenshots of like DMS and saying like, what do you guys, what should I even write back to this? Um, so very beginner, which is a really important niche. Like everyone is a beginner at some point. So, um, so tell us just like a little bit about your Facebook group. Yeah. So I really started it to try and like share what I've learned in a more community-based setting where, you know, obviously I have my own experience, but obviously a lot of other people are starting out as well. And they might have other questions about whatever someone posted or their two cents. And, and also it's nice too. Like, I mean, people ask Pinterest questions. I'm like, that's not me. Like I'm going to tag Tori and like Tori's going to answer that. <laughs> um, I <love> that. <laughs> and, but, and that's the thing. It's like, there's so many different great people within the group that have different like knowledge bases. And it's nice to like put all of our heads together and be able to answer questions, share ideas. I think another thing too, like, obviously there's so many like new features that come out. Like it's nice to be able to talk about them and like figure them out together. And I think one of my like favorite things, and I share this like pretty much every week on my working dog mama Instagram, but I love seeing people's wins. Every Friday we do like a share your wins and it is so inspiring to me, especially like if I had kind of like a down week, I go there into the wins and I'm just like, wow, these people are killing it. 
And it's motivating to me as well to be like, okay, they got this deal. Like I'm ready to go get my next deal or help someone else get their next deal. So I just love all the different things that people bring to it. Well, you're inspiring me to be totally honest. Um, I kind of have been like slacking on the sponsored post department. Um, cause I just like, like I said, I had some, some deals where they never even shared the photos. I was like, what is even the point of this? Like I got paid. That's nice. But you know, I wanted something more. And, um, yeah. so I think in 2022, I got to like dive back into the pool <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and give it a shot again. Yeah. I definitely think like finding the brands that really align with you and then figuring out the ones that like really become a partnership would probably be more like motivating to keep going with it instead of just the ones that are like one and done, like yeah, never see you again. I have feelings you guys, <laughs> and I need people to like, uh, make me feel good. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You need a relationship. You need the partnership. It doesn't need to be like a bye. Yeah. yeah I want to get booed up with your brand. <laughs> <laughs> I love the tagline. <laughs> Um, well, Brittany, this has been so fun, um, chatting with you. So tell everyone, where can they learn more, um, about you and and see Rosie photos, which we all need more of. Yes. So working dog mama on TikTok and Instagram, the working dog mama's Facebook as well. That's the community. Um, working dog mamas is a community on Facebook. And then I have a bunch of freebies that are linked in my bio. And then if you want to see more Rosie stuff, specifically Rosie the cream. Um, we're on all social media there. All the things. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And, um, I can't wait to connect more and chat more online. Thank you. What did you like most about this episode? Find me on Instagram at team mystic and let me know what intrigued you or what questions you have about starting or growing your own dog inspired business. You can also screenshot this episode and tag me in your stories. I love to see who is listening out there. Some of the best conversations happen after the episode, right? So track me down over on Instagram or join the Wear, Wag, Repeat Labs Facebook group to connect with other dog-obsessed entrepreneurs. And as always, you can find all the links and resources discussed in this episode at wherewagrepeat.com slash podcast. See you back here next week.